Bibles, please, to the book of 1 Samuel, the 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18. We're going to begin with, uh, with, verse, number, uh, uh, with verse number 6 uh, this morning. Let me ask you uh, a question this morning. Has uh, any of y'all ever uh, stepped in a hole before? Now, I'm not talking about uh, one of them type of holes. I'm talking about stepping in a hole. I'm talking like uh, putting your foot in your mouth. Has anyone ever done that before? I know a lot of times that we can unintentionally um, hurt people's feelings and say things that we don't ought to. And I, I know as a person, um, I like to, uh, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but I like to tell jokes sometimes. And, uh, and uh, a lot of times I like to try to be funny. And a lot of times uh, when you try to be funny, sometimes uh, some people don't think you funny. And a lot of times they'll take offense to some of the things that you've said. And I have to learn in my life that uh, when you do that, you have to have the, the, the courage. You have to have the courtesy to go and to uh, apologize and, uh, and do things like that. But I know many times in my life, as I'm sure in yours, that you've said things that you didn't want to say, that you let your temper uh, cause you to do things that you didn't want to do in various ways that, that you hurt people. And a lot of times when we do that, we try to defend ourselves, and we try to blame other people, and we try to say it's the other people's fault. We try to make excuses. We do the one thing, we do all the things except for the one thing that we should do, and that is to reconcile. That is to make that thing right. And this morning, we're going to find Saul, Saul realizing that God has rejected him as king, that God was not pleased with him because of his sin and disobedience. But instead of getting right with God, instead of confessing his sin, he dug the hole a little bit deeper. And I know a lot of times in our life when we get ourselves in messes, instead of cutting bait, instead of getting things right, instead of doing what we should do, we just dig that hole a little, little bit deeper, and a little, little bit deeper. And a lot of times in our walk with Christ, we'll do the same thing. We'll realize that there's sin in our life. We'll realize there's something that we need to change. But we begin to rebel because we don't want to change. And that sets off our life, the same thing that we saw in in Saul's life this morning, about how he's just slowly, slowly, drifted away from God because he refused to get his own heart right. He turned everybody away and caused much destruction. So as we read these verses this morning, I want to think in our life about the times that we've messed up, the sins in our life and the shortcomings that God wants to point out to us, and that we choose this morning not to drift away, but to come back to Christ. And don't do the damage that is caused when we return return and when we rebel against God and others. So if you'll go um, in your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18. We're going to begin with with verse number uh, 6 this morning. And it says... uh, And it says this, it says, As they were coming home, when David returned from from, uh, striking down the the Philistines, a woman came out, uh, the women came out of all the cities of Israel, 
singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines and with songs of joy and with musical instruments. And the woman sang to one another as they, uh, as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David's his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry. And this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed just thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul. And he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre. As he uh, did day by day. Saul had a spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear as though I will pin, and he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, and he had him depart from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of thousands. And he went out and came before the people. And David had success in all of his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and he came in before the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day, Lord, that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, and how it guides our life. But, Lord, we're even more grateful, Lord, that you know, Lord, that we are still sinners. And, Lord, that we still fall short. And, Lord, that you offer your grace. And, Lord, you offer your restoration to us this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, that our hearts not be hardened, but we return to you this morning instead of drifting further away from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Should have been a great time for the people of Israel. Should have been a great time for Saul as that they had defeated the Philistine, as they had defeated that uh, massive giant of Goliath. And the people of Israel had finally vanquished their enemies, but it was not a good time for Saul because Saul still was troubled in his heart because he knew that God had rejected him. He knew that that sin was in his life. And our scripture tells us this morning that he hated David because he knew that God was no longer with him and now was with David. And it just crawled in his skin, and he just couldn't stand it. So instead of doing what he should have done, instead of confessing his sin... Instead of pleading with God, instead of trying to make things right with God and accepting his punishment and moving on and pleading for God uh, for mercy, he did everything but. He turned even further away from God. And we'll find this in our life, that when we come to the point where we realize that we have sin in our heart, And when God is trying to pick out an area in our life that he's trying to bring in correction, that we have a choice. We have a choice of drawing near to God or begin the process of drifting. And we see what that looks like. 
And we see what happens in Saul's heart as he stubbornly refuses to acknowledge his sin before God. First of all, he gets jealous. He gets jealous. He gets jealous of David. He's going home, and everybody's celebrating, and he's having um, a good time. And everybody's having a good time, and in come the, the women with the music and the tambourines, and they're singing the song about how Saul has killed uh, has destroyed and killed his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. And it just stuck. It just stuck in Saul's mind. And all of a sudden, he became jealous. Jealousy in your heart. Have you ever had jealousy in your heart? Have you ever had envy in your heart? Maybe it was for some people because they had something that you wanted. Maybe because that you were... Um, wrong and not right in your relationship with God, but yet you saw them walking with God, and yet you were envious, you were jealous of them. But instead of David saying, I need to get myself right, so God would do those things in my life, so God would elevate me, he just became jealous. And when you have jealousy in your heart, you can't enjoy life, can you? Look how miserable Look how miserable Saul was. He couldn't enjoy this great victory in his life because he was jealous. He couldn't enjoy the fact that God had given him great victories. He couldn't enjoy the fact that he had killed the thousands because he was too worried about thinking about David and the ten thousands that he's killed. Isn't that the way you are when you're jealous? You can't be excited about what God's doing in your life. You can't be excited about that gift that God has for you. You can't be excited about that ministry that God has has you in because you're looking at those other people and you're just jealous and you lose all joy in the things that you have. And you also lose the joy when you're jealous of all the people that are in your life. David was a godsend in Saul's kingdom. He was the one who defeated the Philistine. God gave him great victories over the other Philistines' army and all the people that went around. And he was bringing great success to his kingdom. And he, in the beginning, had a great friendship with David. And David was the one who would play the harp when he had the troubled spirit, but he couldn't enjoy those people in his life. He couldn't enjoy David's presence in his life because he was Jealous of them. And if we let jealousy seep in our heart, then we'll let envy and we'll let that just push all the people who are close to us, all the people who are trying to do meaningful things in our life, all the people who are helping us, all the people who bring joy and happiness in our life, we push them away because we have jealousy. In our heart. He had jealousy in his heart. And he slowly started drifting away. Till his jealousy caused him to do more and more things. He had the jealousy in his heart. And eventually turned into violence. As we read in the next verse where it tells us that from that point on. That Saul had his eye on David. It was his constant asphyxiation. 
of what David was doing and how God was blessing David. He wasn't focused on himself, but rather he was focused on David and how he could get rid of him. And so now we find him there in his courtroom, there in his throne as he's there. And the troubled spirit from the Lord enters into David's life. Isn't it good to know? Isn't it good to know that God doesn't let us be comfortable when our hearts aren't right with Him? I want you to think about that. You would think a troubled spirit would be a bad thing. And I guess on its surface, it was a bad thing. It was something that tormented it. But it was God letting Saul know that his heart and his relationship wasn't right with his heavenly Father. And that spirit was sent to convict him. That spirit was sent to call him. That spirit was sent to bring him back because God doesn't want us to be comfortable in our sin. He wants to bring us back. And he brings us back by the first thing, by making us uncomfortable. Well, nobody likes to be comfortable. But there is somebody, there is somebody who wants you to be comfortable with your sin, who wants you to be comfortable with your wrong relationship with God, who wants you to be comfortable with not coming to church, who wants you to be comfortable by acting like the world does. you know who that is? Satan. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Which one of those two you think has your best interests in heart? Isn't that something that we learn about love? Is that sometimes love means we have to do things that are unpleasant. And God and his love for us and his care for our soul doesn't allow us to be comfortable in our lives of sin, in our lives of backsliding. So God was bringing conviction in his heart, in his life. And instead of responding into it, instead of bringing something that would, you know, that would would solve the problem. Instead of facing it head on, what he decided to do was, I want to get something to make it go away. I want to get something that'll make it feel better. I want to get something that'll be a therapeutic. And so he would bring David in. And that was his first job that he was brought into the, the king's court, is that when he would have that troubled spirit, and when he had that sense of conviction, David would come in and play the soothing liar, and it would make him feel better. That's what we do sometimes. When we feel that sense of conviction, when we feel the troubles brewing in our heart and our life, instead of confronting them, instead of facing them, instead of doing something about it, we just make us do something to forget about it, to make us feel a little better. For some people, it's parties. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's relationship. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's just ignoring it. For some people, it's staying away from God's presence. For some people, it's not reading your scripture. For some people, it's forgetting about your time and prayer with God. 
because it makes us feel so bad. It makes us feel so convicted because when we're in the presence of his word and when we're in the presence of his preaching and when we're in the presence of his people, God begins to convict us and saying, hey, we need to change. And it got to the point in Saul's life where, the, where that heart wasn't working, that the more he played, that all of a sudden it no longer soothed that sense of conviction. It no longer provided any comfort for him at all. As a matter of fact, it made him angry because as he would hear the harp playing, who was playing the harp? It was David, and that would just make him fister, and that would just remember, make him remember about how much God is blessing him, and he would just get more angry and angry and angry and angry until finally that hate in his heart caused him Try to kill him. What did, uh, what did John tell us this morning about Cain? Why did Cain kill Abel? Because his own deeds were wicked and Abel's were righteous. Instead of dealing with the sin in my heart, instead of getting my heart right with him, I'm going to destroy the one that is righteous so I don't have to look at my own sin. And that's what we'll try to do. We'll try to destroy the righteous. We'll try to bring down other people when we're in our times of sin because they remind us, they set the example of what it means to have a life that's faithful with Christ, and we just can't stand to be around it because our hearts are so dark. And so he says, I have to get rid of them. And so he throws the spear at them once, and uh, he ducks, and uh, he throws the spear again, and he misses again. And I'm sure at this point that David was thinking, man, this is probably someplace I don't need to be. And so he escapes from that. And the Lord continues to bless him. And Saul says, I don't want to have you, David, in my presence any longer. When we have sin in our life, we don't want anything that reminds us of a God's presence in our life. We don't want to pray. We don't want to go to church. We don't hear preaching. We don't even want to hear any songs. We want to be left alone to feel like it's not our fault. We want to be left alone to feel in our heart that everything's okay. We want God to flee from us. So he says, well, the spirit didn't work. Sending them off to uh, the battle to get them killed. Well, that didn't work. And then it was like, I got to get rid of... uh, David, I got to do something to make his life miserable. I've got to do something to pay him back for what he's done to me. What can I do to make him suffer? What can I do to make him feel my pain? What can I do to bring destruction in his life? And then finally, it occurred to him, let me give him a wife. I think I just stepped in one of them holes, huh? 
Well, that's what he did. He said, I'll give uh, my oldest daughter to be his wife. And really what he was doing, he said, if you will be valiant for me, then I will let you to, uh, to marry my oldest daughter. And that was a, a great honor. But what, David, what uh, Saul was really trying to do is that the return, the price that was going to be paid for that was for him to be his valiant warrior and that he was in hopes of going and sending him out for him to be in the battle and for him to be in the front lines and for all the battles in the midst of them for him to be killed and then he would be rid of him. But David didn't bite. As much as Saul had lost his walk with God and his evil intent as Saul had for David's life, God stayed, I mean, David stayed faithful to God. And because he was faithful with God, he didn't fall for this trap. He said, who am I to be the king's son-in-law? I don't deserve that honor. So even though that he had killed his 10,000s while Saul had only killed his thousands, he still understood that it was God who was doing for him. So he, he turned him down and said no. And then Saul founds out that there is one of the daughters that he does like. And it was Michelle. And he learned that he liked her and he liked him. And Saul said, he, here's an idea. I'm going to bring someone in his life. I'm going to have him marry one of my daughters. And that way he'll be connected to me. Because she will be loyal to me. And it will cause division in his family. Isn't that the way that people try to destroy us? Isn't that the way the world tries to destroy us? If they can't destroy us with a sword and spear, they want to destroy us as God's children. He wants to destroy our witness. He wants to bring division. And so that's what he did. He said, I'll let Michelle be his wife. And so he said, I'll tell you what, uh, you go out, and uh, for the bride price, since you don't have the money to uh, be able to have the bride price for, uh, for one of the king's daughter, all you have to do is to bring me 200 foreskins of the Philistines. And David says, all right, deal. And as David goes out, Saul thinks, that's the last I'm going to see of David because them Philistines are going to kill him. But sure enough, he comes back. And he marries the king's daughter. And he thought, well, at least now I have someone that's going to draw his heart away from the Lord. Someone who will be loyal to me. Someone who I can use to draw him away from what God wants him to do. But what did that scripture say? There towards the end of the chapter, it says that, Michelle loved David. In other words, he took, she took his side. Instead of it being a sense of division, it was just another person that had moved away from Saul. Saul did everything that he could, everything that he could to destroy David. 
when he was confronted with his sin, when he was confronted with the consequences of the choices that he made, instead of getting things right with God, he hardened his heart and turned away. And because he hardened his heart, because he refused to come to God, because he refused to admit that he was wrong, because he refused to admit that he had sinned, he slowly began the process of drifting away from God. It started with a jealousy that sprang up in his heart. And it continued with him belittling someone who was loyal to him. Then it led him to murder, to attempted murder. And then it led him to tear apart his family. And as you probably already know, and as we see the story continues, it doesn't stop there. But rather it continues on to Saul eventually drives himself mad, running from God. I want to tell you something. If you're in a fight with God, I can assure you this one thing, you're not going to win. But God doesn't want us to fight him. God wants us to be a part of him. And that even though we fall sometimes, and even though that we sin, God desires to bring us back. God desires for us every time that we put our foot in our mouth, every time we step in one of those holes, He desires for us to come back. But we're too prideful, aren't we? We're too arrogant. And we're too sinful. So instead of coming back to God, we just decide to dig that hole a little bit deeper. And slowly and surely, we drift further and further away from God. Isn't it imagine how easy it starts? Sometimes with a little simple thing. And I'm sure many of you know, and I'm sure these pews used to be filled with a lot of people who were on fire for God. But then something happened. Maybe they got upset. Maybe they just started coming and it got to be a habit. But slowly, slowly, and surely, they drifted further away from God. But isn't it great to know that even as much as we go away, even as much as we may drift further and further away with God, as long as there is breath in our lungs, there's an opportunity, there's that chance for us to return to him. And I pray, Lord, and I pray this morning that we will stop drifting, that we will stop moving away from God, that we will stop being so apathetic, that we will stop drifting away from his presence and decide instead to draw closer and closer to him today. Let's pray.